Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications Connect to more. I am Coulter Nuanas broadcasting to you live. 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television, broadcasting to you from the ESPN studios right here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. It's so funny. I was thinking about this today. The only thing in the world that about doing this radio show that makes me uncomfortable is the intro part. <laughs> it's because I've been used to my whole time ever doing radio, whether it was as an analyst or sitting in the chair or whatever. I've always had somebody else to tee it up for me. Now, so. now tell me this. How close were you paying attention when Gus was doing it all the time? Well, I mean, Ryan is like a <laughs> metronome. He is so money at it, but it's also just the same over and over. That's why I'm trying to switch it up for you. you I'm, never, I'm never going to give you the hello, Montana. But, you know, well, it's a work in progress, right? Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me right here in studio. If you want to listen live, if you don't have it on your radio, if you don't have it on your TV, or you're about to make a move, whatever, you can find it on your mobile device or your laptop, your desktop, your home computer, anything that has an internet connection. Just go to 1029ESPN.com, click on the Listen Live tab. There you'll find the stream. Streams presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Want to give us a call, 361 361- 3688. That's 361 3688. You can also text that number. All guests join us via the Regich Brothers RV phone line. You're getting used to it now. Mondays and Tuesdays is going to be my good buddy right here, Riley Corcoran, in with me. Wednesdays is Sean Rainey. Thursdays, you're going to hear from a bunch of coaches. We also debuted our Around Big Sky Women's Hoops with Krista Redpath last week. Love that. That was great. You can go check it out on the podcast if you missed anything. And then Fridays is going to kind of be a a moving target. Probably either a guest-heavy show or a guest host with some guests as well. But 
Last week, I thought our Friday show, actually, last two weeks, I thought they've been pretty interesting. Last week, Parker Gabriel, former Bozeman Chronicle uh, sports writer, who's now the Nebraska beat writer at the Lincoln Journal Star, he jumped on to analyze Samari Toure and his transfer from Montana to Nebraska. So I thought that was a good one. That was an interesting little bit. And then Brooks Nuana from SkylineSportsMT.com will be joining us on a lot of Fridays as well. Two Fridays ago, I thought it was a very fascinating conversation. And I'll make sure to actually cut this out and put it on a podcast on SkylineSportsMT.com individually as well. But Jim O'Day, former Montana Athletic Director, joined us to break down all of the potential conference movement. What does it take? Uh, he basically called the whack exactly how it was um, because he still does a lot of consulting with various athletic departments around the country. And so that was a very interesting and insightful conversation as well. Today, we're re-debuting the Montana Basketball Hour. We've been talking, we always do the Montana Football Hour from July through December, the first hour of every Monday show. And we've been doing hoops every Monday anyway, so I just thought, okay, well, we're going to bring it back, the Montana Basketball Hour for 2021. So every Monday, the first hour of the show is going to be all things hoops around the state of Montana. Obviously, all four of the main college teams, the Division One college, I shouldn't say main, the Frontier Conference teams in this uh, state are great. And in fact, the most recent national champion is from Montana Western, the Montana Western women. But we're going to do all the Big Sky teams. We'll even touch on some Frontier stuff from time to time and also do a little highlight of what's going on in the high school hoops ranks, too, from both the city of Missoula and around the state of Montana. So let's get right into it. I, I, by the way, second hour of the show, it is Martin Luther King Day. I think that some of you, or a lot of you maybe, had the day off of work. It's a day worth remembering, particularly from the sports aspect, because I do think the meshing of sports and culture has been so important. I think some of the great um, members of American society that have helped kick down racial barriers have been athletes. I think guys like Muhammad Ali, they deserve all of the credit that they get for being not just transcendent athletes, but also um, tone setters, get people that made a difference in the world and that blazed a trail. So we're going to play a little bit of Martin. We're not going to play a little bit. We're going to play all of Martin Luther King's famous I Have a Dream speech. And we'll also have just a little discussion about the overlay of race and sports. Also have a, a great excerpt from Trajan Cotton, University of Montana defensive back. He joined us on the ESPN roundtable in December. Half of the conversation was about his transfer from Oregon State to Montana. And half of it was about him as a black man in Missoula and what his experience has been like. And I thought he was an incredibly insightful kid. He wrote an awesome essay for the Montanan magazine, which you can check out. I actually retweeted it today, so you can find it there. And then, of course, we're going to recap the NFL weekend that was, but we don't have any time. we got a ton of sound to share. So, first and foremost, let's give you some scores from around the state of Montana this last weekend. Three out of the four Division One teams from the Big Sky Conference split. The one that swept was Montana State. They posted a 69-64 win over Portland State in Bozeman. That was after a 71-64 win over Portland State. NAU and Montana on the men's side, they split. The Grizz had a 27-point lead on Thursday. They ended up gutting out a 67-56 win. Then on uh, Saturday, they had a... I guess, what did it get to, 13-point? 17-point lead. lead, uh, Saturday at Dahlberg Arena, but they don't score the last five and a half minutes of the game, and they lose to Northern Arizona 62-58. The Lady Grizz, they split in Flagstaff, a couple high-scoring games there, and the uh, Bobcat women, they split at Portland State. They won on Thursday, and then they lost on Saturday. Um, So, Riley, first and foremost, it seems like splits are kind of the way that the Big Sky Conference is going. Is that just because of the double format and kind of the way that um, programs are able to readjust in between games? I absolutely think so. And not only players and programs that are that are alternating and changing in between games, 
It's the officials. It's everything. There is just that natural block of game one to game two. You're going to make adjustments. It's more of, okay, they were pounding the paint there in game number one. Let's watch out for that a little bit more. I see the adjustments from pretty much every single level, from game one to game two. Splits aren't that big of a deal. It seems to me that split is kind of what you'd expect no matter who's really playing. And then if somebody sweeps, it becomes a big deal. And that's why these sweeps this year are becoming even more of a big deal. And I think that the A block, so to speak, in the media world and and the lead here today out of the four teams is the Montana State men because they were able to sweep. And they're making a statement now, Coulter. And I know that you probably didn't expect me to come back at you with Montana State men to start here. But there's a really good chance that looking ahead, because that's what we do in this business, is in a week and a half when the Grizz and the Cats are about to play for the first time, the Montana State is going to be sitting at 6-0 and and undefeated going into that matchup. And their next six are tough, but they're moving to maybe a, a contender in this league. And I think that those sweeps just bring a huge part of it, that the mental aspect of it, where you can grind through that game two and win, boy, you're really ahead of the eight ball. It's so interesting in this league, too, because the, the most consistent formula for success has been be a defensive first team with outstanding players that can carry you individually. That's Weber State and Montana. That's what those two programs have done the last 15 years better than anybody. Eastern Washington sort of upset the apple cart, so to speak, by playing way more of a spread-out isolation style offensively. They don't necessarily D you up as much, although they have had a couple of the best rim protectors in the league the last couple of years, Jake Wiley, Mason Peetling. But that's certain or there. They are a team that's trying to play in the 80s a little bit. But the thing that has been so fascinating about the Cats to cover is the Cats have not had an offensive issue under Brad Hughes or Brian Fish. They always were able to score the ball. They always were able to find great shooters, great scores. It was the defensive end that really killed them. They know how to gut games out defensively. They, here's the thing. The Cats used to win, win pretty or lose ugly. That was about it. That's That was my t- first 10 years covering the Cats. Win pretty, lose ugly. There was very little of winning ugly. The Cats know how to win ugly now. They won ugly twice this weekend. And so, uh, I mean, that's kind of where it gets. I mean, Portland State, we'll get into their style a little later on, but all they do is send everybody to the offensive glass. I mean, it's like huck it and chuck it, right? You're just throwing the ball at the rim because you want your highest percentage shot to be the offensive rebound and the putback. And it's it's a strange style. But because of that, Jabril Bella was the Big Sky Conference Player of the Week. 12 and a half points per game. Okay, that's that's that is what it is, but it's because he had 11 rebounds and 10 rebounds in the two games and those that's what helps you secure those possessions, not uh, limit those offensive rebounds, and that's what helped the Cats get a second straight sweep. For the Cats to hold Portland State under 65 points in back-to-back games, that goes to prove that point. And you could see it, too. When Coach Sprinkle got hired, it's always those adjustments and growing pains. I know that we're going to talk about the Grizz team in a second, maybe the struggles that they're going through and the identity. You could, They're not maybe getting the luxury of having that a year off of expectations because everybody expects the Grizzlies to always be in the top two, top three in the big sky. From the Cats side of things, you could see Danny Sprinkle lay the, the groundwork here in the last couple of years. Well, I mean, it's a brand new team, right? This is exactly. only year two, and he only has one leftover from Brother Brian Fischera. So he remade the entire roster, bam, just like that. And they are playing a different style where, boy, the narrative around Montana State basketball from what you had the last five, ten years is not the same anymore. And the individual town, I'm starting to see, too, a big three form. And that was the other part of it. From maybe the opponent's standpoint, yeah, you had Tyler Hall, but who else was going to help him? Yeah, you had Harold Frey. Who else was going to help him? Now, you can't single out one guy. 
because you have a three-headed attack between Bello, Bishop, and Adamo. I mean, those three guys right there can hurt you. We see, we've seen the big play capability, and now that is when you start forming contenders when you can have one of those three guys have an off night and you still have two all-big-sky contenders still there. And Bishop really struggled on Thursday. You could tell Portland State wanted to take him out of it. They, they were running their, their trademark trap, but they were really, really, really going after Bishop. Well, Danny Sprinkle has uh, an ace up his sleeve. If this kid keeps developing, I, right now, if the season ended today, Mike Hood would be the sixth man in the, of the year in the league, in my opinion. If he keeps developing, he's going to be a, a pretty strong weapon for them off the bench. He still um, has some bad habits from the junior college ranks. He doesn't understand how to play defense on a Division One level quite yet. But my brother said to me the very first time he said it, he said, the dude's a walking bucket. He takes shots that you should never take, but he makes them. And he's had a couple incredibly explosive games, including on Thursday night with 19 points. So that's a good weapon for him to have off the bench. They haven't had a star reserve like that in a long time. But the other thing is, I think that the unsung hero of this team so far is Abdul Muhammad. Abdul Muhammad is a graduate transfer from North Texas. He looks different than almost anybody in the league. He's a true six foot nine, high waisted guy that can guard on the perimeter. He's like Bodie Hume if Bodie Hume was three inches taller. Wow. He's he's got the length, and you can tell that Sprinkle has sold him on a role of. Sacrifice for the team. You're going to be our defensive stopper. That's what you're going to do. You're going Bobby to be, Moorhead. You're going to, exactly. Just like for the Grizz, Bobby Moorhead. You're going to be the facilitator. Our guards and our big guys are going to score the points. You're not. But you're going to have a huge contribution, and, and that has held true multiple times um, so far this season. It is Nuanas now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Statewide, SWX Montana Television. Let's hear from Montana State second-year head coach Danny Sprinkle. A couple minutes just from the post game on Saturday. I thought we did a really good job guarding the basketball and keeping them in front of us where they kind of hurt us last game. And we changed up our, our coverages on their guards because they're just they're so fast and athletic. We switched a lot of stuff in order to keep them in front, and we made them shoot jump shots, which I, I thought helped us. And they didn't make as many as they did last game. Um, now, there still was a lot of long rebounds that they got a lot of them, but – as long as they weren't getting easy shots at the paint, you know, I thought that helped us. And we got some long rebounds, too, that we transitioned on uh, that kind of got us back in the game. Brinkle on the last 30 seconds of the game. The only thing going through my head was getting that clock down to zero. And that it, can't, it couldn't move any faster. <laughs> you know, it's they're, they're always a threat. Whether it's they could be down six with 10 seconds to go, they still have a chance. You know, and they what worried me was they had the possession arrow. And so I thought when they were going to press, they were going to try to – tie our guy up and then they'd get possession of the ball. And so I told our guys to really be strong with the ball and, you know, chin it to make sure they came in and fouled. Uh, but no, they're, it's always scary with them when there's time on the clock. Brinkle on switching his defenses up, including running a 1-3-1 zone that gave Portland State some issues. Yeah, you know, I mean, our, our guys are growing up. We're getting a little better every game. And, and I thought, you know, a couple guys, I thought, you know, I thought Tyler Patterson was, he was aggressive tonight. You know, I said, hey, you can't be tentative. I don't care if you make mistakes. And I thought his three threes were huge. But I also think defensively, that was one of his best games that he's had in a long time. Brinkle on finishing the game. Yeah, you know, I, I thought our I thought our seniors did a great job. You know, I thought X, you know, even Almond Jabril, I thought, you know, they did they did a really good job. I thought DK came in and gave us good minutes in that first half when Jabril got in foul trouble. And, uh, you know, that, that's what you need in conference. You know, you, your, your seniors got to carry you the last seven, eight minutes of the game. And, uh, and I thought they did that. You know, I thought we got to the free throw line pretty good. Um, even though we didn't shoot as well as we wanted the last eight minutes of the game. Uh, but we still put pressure on them and, and we got them into foul trouble to where we were at least shooting two instead of a one-on-one. 
on Xavier Bishop and his ability to get to the free throw line. He's just, you know, he he uses his size to his advantage. You know, coming off ball screens, he's really hard to guard. And when he turns the corner, those big guys, you know, he's into their legs. And once he does that, his little his speed, you know, he can get to the rim or you're going to foul him. And, uh, you know, he's just he's always been that size, like I said before, and he just he knows how to play at that size. On being 4-0 in conference play as Montana State hits the road to go to Northern Arizona. It's encouraging. You know, we, we still know. You know, we have a lot of work to do, and uh, and we got to get better on Monday because, you know, going to Flagstaff's never easy to win. And we still got, you know, what, 14 games left in league, 14 games left, I think. And, uh, you know, we got it's, – it's a long season, and we just got to continue to get better. And, uh, you know, we got to continue to put that work in because, you know, now that you're 4-0, you got to – It was cracking me up. You That's a deficit for them in the brief. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Obviously, they, they play such an unorthodox style, especially with the way they crash the glass. Is there any way you can combat that? I mean, obviously, you're trying to hang with them on the glass, but there's a, is there another area you can emphasize that maybe that, that's a deficit for them in where you can kind of make up where, where they make so much money on the glass? You know, no, I, th- you know, I think when you do get a rebound, you got to transition on them, you know, because they're sending five guys to the glass. So if you get a long rebound – you know, when you're pushing the ball, it's pretty much a primary break. You can get some easy ones if if you rebound it. Now, it's a lot easier said than done, but, you know, you have to make them pay for going to the offensive glass so hard once you secure the rebound. And I thought I thought X did it a couple times, especially tonight early. You know, I thought him and Amon got a couple and we got out in transition. You know, we got Tyler Patterson a couple threes that way. Uh, and I thought – I think that's critical when you play Portland State. What do you think of just the, the- – same opponent twice in a row now that you've had to do it a couple weekends in a row. It's hard. You know, it's hard. Uh, you know, it, it's fun. I think the game gets a little testy, especially the second night. Uh, you know, sure. Both teams played with great energy, and that's what Portland State does. That's why they're fun to play. And, uh, you know, I thought their bench, they, you know, I thought they were terrific. You know, and their guys were coming in, and, and uh, you know, and I thought our guys handled it. You know, I thought both teams kept their head pretty good. You know, when there could have been some, you know, flare-ups, and I thought both teams were really disciplined. And, and uh, but it's gonna it's gonna get interesting the more you know the longer this season goes, and teams get tired and get a little more. It is interesting. The, the, that's a good point. Just the the uh, the way that the emotions can brew uh, towards the end of that second game because now you've played almost eighty minutes of basketball against these guys and. Uh, I think the teams are going to have to keep their heads. I mean, because there's been some some heated moments already, especially, you know, if you're trying to foul to get back into a game or whatever it might take. That was Danny Sprinkle, Montana State, second-year head men's basketball coach. His Bobcats swept Portland State. They're 4-0 and in Big Sky Conference play. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're the only Big Sky team without a loss now, right? That is correct, yep, with yep. Eastern losing. Because yeah, Southern Utah and Eastern Washington split this week, so Southern Utah's at 5-1, and one, and Eastern Washington, they're only at 2-1, and one, right? They only got right. the, the three games in. So, good start for Danny Sprinkle and his crew, especially considering that these games are at a premium. Every time there's a cancellation, that that helps you in a certain way because it makes it so you have loss, uh, no losses in your loss column. Montana, on the other hand, is not 4-0. They are struggling. They are now two and four in league play, but it's been excruciating uh, just from an inside perspective to watch because it's been the same game pretty much every conference game that they've played except for one, and then the one that wasn't the same as the other five. 
they blew a 27-point lead. And so it, it was down to the wire, one-point game twice. So then Utah, Grizz lose both. Down to the wire, one-possession game against Northern Colorado. Bodie Hume hits a shot with one second to go to win the first one. Josh Bannon for the Grizz hits a uh, shot with five seconds to go to win the second one. Then this last weekend, the Grizz looked as good as they've looked. They were routing Northern Arizona. They're up 27 points. They're moving the ball. And then as Coach Shakir said in the post game on Thursday, he said, with young guys, when you're up 27, you're thinking, okay, time for me to get one of mine. I need to get a shot. I need to create a shot. And then all of a sudden you miss one, and then another guy misses one, and then six guys have done exactly that, and now the other team's on an 11-0 run, and your lead is cut in half. So Montana then, again, looked pretty good, led by as many as 17 points against Northern Arizona on Saturday, and uh, then just a brutal cold stretch down down uh, the last five and a half minutes of this game. I actually was blown away. I knew that they were completely struggling offensively, but when I actually sat down to start writing my game story and I realized that it was five minutes and 32 seconds that they had not scored a point, that was amazing. NAU 12 nothing run to end the game in a 62-58 loss. Brother, I'll give you my initial take. I don't care if you're young uh, or rebuilding or you have a lot of new faces. That NAU team's not good. Montana should beat that team. But, Riley, this seems as if just another example of the growing pains that the Grizz basketball team is going through right now. It is, and the inconsistencies are just rearing its ugly head again. And when you break it down, I think a lot of people have gone, man, how many leads can they give away? Well, let's put it into number form here. For the six conference games the Grizz have played, they've been outscored in the last five minutes, 73-42. to Unbelievable. I mean, for six games consistently to do that down the stretch, and you're right with kind of peeking at your stats, up by 27, just the mental lapses. And I think that defined roles is something that we went back and forth on just with looking at this group of who are these guys. You got Kyle Owens, who is the team's best player as far as just production, scoring and rebounding. Right, statistically. He wasn't on the floor for the final couple minutes of the game. So that just goes to show you whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent. It's more of just... Who, who's going to be the guy right now? It's playing the hot hand. And to see these miserable cold stretches, it's it just been tough to fathom a little bit. And I, I think it's maybe thinking a little bit too much it, it, rather than just kind of letting them go. Because as you said, it's not a talent problem. The Grizzlies have more talent, I would say, than at least their last two Big Sky opponents. Southern Utah has a lot of talent in Southern there. Southern Utah has a lot of talent. But, but, they, but Grizz are more talented than Northern Colorado or Northern Arizona. That's right. So it's not a talent issue whatsoever with the Grizz right now. It's just a matter of trying to... Learn how to win and play with that target on your back where you are, Montana. You're going to, the team that you're playing is never going to let up. And you have to give Northern Arizona the credit to, okay, they were down 27. They stuck with it, got that thing to respectable game one, and that's what led them to the win in game number two. But in the same breath, that's not a team that Montana should be losing to. I asked you this before the show compare it to the loss against Montana Tech. Worse? than Montana Tech, or because it was a conference game, better because it was a Division One team at least, but how would you compare it? Because to me, in my five years now calling Grizzly basketball, those are the two worst losses. I would say Montana Tech and then the game on Saturday. I mean, I think the Montana Tech loss, especially because it was in front of fans, was probably broadly worse. But I think it could give you a little bit more momentum because it's early in the season. You can use it as a teaching tool. Here's the thing I'm worried about with this Grizz team. I think that they... Oh, we we it's not a mystery why they've been going through what they're going through. The thing I worry about though is them losing confidence because when history just continues to repeat itself, you need to have a moment where that breaks and it doesn't. It it's it's not like you just said. I mean, 
They've had a customary 8-10 to 10 point run in the second half where they've looked great in every single conference game to then take a multiple possession lead only to watch it evaporate away. You can talk about offensive execution, offensive sets, and all that, but to me, these guys are tensing up in clutch moments. That They have to find a way to break that. And then once they do, I think it'll be a watershed moment. It'll, it'll be a flood. But until then... I don't know. I think that they have to figure it out. Here is a little bit of sound. Speaking of two young players, Derek Carter-Hollinger and Brandon Whitney, I thought these guys were great. Right, this is a disheartening loss. Travis DeCure, his recruiting pitch, always includes the prestige of the program of Montana, but he certainly sold last year's freshman class, Kyle Owens, Josh Vasquez, and Derek Carter-Hollinger, on come play for a championship program. You guys are going to be a part of a championship program. You'll wait your turn, and then you'll get your turn. Same thing with Brandon Whitney and Robbie Beasley. That's the, When they're going down to California, they're going into these big high schools where these guys are prestigious recruits. That's what they're saying, selling them on. Every four-year player since 91 has won a Big Sky title. Yep. Th- that's what you sell the program. Yeah, I think sure. that they're selling that even that more than any. I mean, I think that DeCure, when he was selling, you know, Michael Guine, Ahmad Rory, it was the prestige of Montana, but it was also come be a part of my program. Come, like, let's bring this thing to the next level. Now it's about the history of the program more than anything himself and everybody else included. And so I think that's tough for these guys because right now they're not getting what they were promised. But that doesn't mean it's completely out of their out of their reach. Here's Brandon Whitney and Derek Carter Hollinger after 62-58 loss in Northern Arizona. It is the Montana basketball hour right here on Nuanez Now. Um, I think down the stretch, it just came down to execution on both ends, defense and offense. Um, I think they kinda found, I wouldn't say found a way to stop it, but we just weren't executing on offense. And then I think we needed to, um, offensive boards killed us at the end. So, um, you know, that, like you said, you know, that execution, did you offensively, did you guys like the looks that you were getting? Cause you know, again, kind of a little spurt there without points, but were, did you at least like what you guys were getting there until you yeah, finally got for, some buckets? Yeah, we for sure thought, uh, like we were getting, we were getting open shots. Um, we had a shot go in and out and it, it's just, it just happens sometimes, but yeah. And then DJ, just, you know, that last couple of minutes, you know, just what do you guys kind of see in there? What kind of shots were you guys trying to look for? And when any of you finally ultimately got that lead? Um, I would say for us, we were trying to get the ball, you know, attack the rim, get to the to the uh, bucket. Um, and if not, you know, draw, kick, get somebody, get uh, Josh some threes, get like our shooters some some good shots off curls, off a good change, stuff like that. So that's what we were trying to do. Uh, I like like he said, we didn't really execute it very well. Uh, we could have done a lot better, but that's what we were trying to get. Brandon, Coach DeKears talked a lot about. Um, just the consistent learning experiences that you guys are going through as a young team. But I want to ask you, what are you learning? And and is it different what you learn when you win and when you lose? Um, we're just learning just to stay together. Just we keep going every game. Obviously, uh, we're learning to – we got to finish off possessions because the last – the games that we lost is by one possession. So that's basically what we're trying to accomplish, just stay together, get together, and finish off. DJ, what's the biggest difference right now between winning and losing? Because it is, I mean, like like Brandon just said, all your losses are by two points or four points, but then the wins have been close too. So, what, I mean, what is the margin? How, how do you guys get over the top? For me, I would say getting over possessions, like he said. I mean, finishing possessions. Uh, we I, we play really good defense. We've gotten to a point where we can play good defense 
but we just have to execute it for 40 minutes straight. It can be like we play good defense in the first half, and then to, as they start getting buckets or finding ways to score, then we start breaking down. We can't do that, and that's what we've been doing, breaking down defensively. Brandon, just when in, on some of these offensive possessions, um, some of these shots that you guys are getting, are they coming like too late in these possessions? Like, do you guys think maybe you want to get shots maybe er, like earlier in the shot clock? Um, yeah, definitely. But we just want to get the best shot that we can at the end of the day. So if it has to take that long, then it does. But we would rather get it earlier in the shot clock. And then last one for me is just, you know, this, uh, you know, kind of a, a theme for the season, unfortunately, has just been some of these late leads kind of slipping away for you guys. A uh, question for both of you. I mean, how do you guys just kind of write that ship and not let that affect the team? Because, you know, it's just it's it's happened, you know, more often than not. It's hard. It's really hard to do, especially being up by so much and then, you know, losing a lead and losing the game. Like, uh, as a team, it kind of hurts because we know, like we can do, we could have beat that team. We know what we could have done, but the fact that we didn't get it done just hurts. But then when Trav comes and talks to us, you know, we talk amongst each other and kind of cheer each other up, but it's hard to do. It's very hard to do. So there you go, Derek Carter Hollinger and Brandon Whitney, a pair of young players for the Montana Grizzlies. Let's roll right into this next one. Travis Takir, right after the game. Oh, man, it's funny because Travis Takir is such a fiery guy during games, and I think that he has actually, um, all things considered, the struggles of this team. He has treated his um, his continued professing of his vision in a very classy manner. After this last one, uh, we had to wait for a while for him to get there. And I expect Welcome him, to my world. I, I, expect, <laughs> I expected him to come in just red hot. And he, he, he actually wasn't. He, he had composed his thoughts, and these are good thoughts. So here's Travis Takir on his team's loss in Northern Arizona. Roller coaster ride, fellas. Um, you know, for stretches, we played very good ball on both sides of the ball. We defended, we rebounded, we held him to one shot. Uh, the ball was moving very well on offense, and uh, we, we kind of lost that for a short stretch. Kind of got back, got it going again in the second half, and uh, lost it again. And, and it's kind of been the tail of two halves for us here, um, really. But, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, we just got to be a little tougher when it matters most. You get to about that eight, nine-minute mark, you know, every loose ball, every long rebound, uh, every extra pass and taking care of the ball uh, gets highlighted a lot more than they are in the first half. And those things start to catch up because you give your opponent a panel. That's kind of what happened today. I mean, is that the biggest difference then, Trev? I mean, there was the moment, I think you get, they cut it to 45-44. You call a timeout. You guys went on a run. But then after that, it kind of seemed like they took control. Again, what changed during that stretch? Is it just the little things like loose balls? It's it's everything, really. It, it's just that you you each possession becomes more meaningful as the clock ticks, right? And you feel it. And so with them... When they made a good play, their energy started to increase. They, they gave them life. You know, the and one around the basket for Tout, the and one for Cam Shelton, that gave them life and energy, and so they were better defensively on the next possession. We were finding we were what we were what we were doing was we made a couple mistakes here and there, whether we turned the ball over, maybe didn't take the shot that we really wanted, um, or maybe didn't get a rebound when we should have. And that was taking life out of us. And we've got to find ways to fight through that. And with the young basketball team, it, it, it's hard to do that. Someone has to jump up and be that guy. 
sometimes you guys move the ball so well, but then sometimes stagnant. So, I mean, is that the biggest difference offensively, or how would you just evaluate where you guys were at overall offensive execution-wise? Defenses make adjustments, right? And 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 they made some. You know, we they were doubling us, and um, we cro- we made the cross-court pass twice, threes. And so instead of rotating to the rim, they stayed up on the shooter, and uh, we the legs were there, and we tried to cross-court it. Uh, so that's just an example of some things that, we got to get better at is making adjustments and reading, reacting to the defense and taking what's there as opposed to what was there the last possession. And right now, that's the biggest area of growth for us offensively. Last one for me, obviously a lot of learning going on with a young team, but what do you hope these guys are learning and what can you take uh, from a tough conference loss like this? You learn from experience. And and I think you learn more from losses than you do wins, right? If, if, if we win that game, um, I don't know that our film session is going to be as valuable as it is after a loss. And and so, you know, you just, it's perspective. You just keep giving them an opportunity to see what works and what doesn't. And hopefully the right things stick and you figure it out sooner than later. And you just heard from Coach DeCure talking about just where this group is at and just the experience and learning from it. I know that we have went through the underclassmen a ton, Coulter, where it's at, and it's tough. And I guess it just poses the, the interesting question. When does that, it's not an excuse, but when does that reasoning run out as far as when does the youth, when can you stop maybe using youth? Because they always say it, the freshmen need to be sophomores by the end of the year, right? I mean, so when do you stop using that? On Nuanas now, we're going to tell you. The answer to that question right on the other side. That's well, tonight, nice. ESPN Missoula. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn, also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Special January promo going on by the Wingate by Wyndham right now as well. If you stay two nights in January of 2021, you get a free growler and a fill card for Big Sky Brewing. Big Sky Brewing just right across the way from the Wingate. So if you book, all you got to do is book through the hotel directly. Google Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula, limited to one free beaker per customer, but stay two nights, January 2021, free growler and fill card from Big Sky Brewing, and tell them Nuana's Now sent you. Welcome back. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide SWX Montana Television marching through the first Montana basketball hour of 2021. We always do the Montana football hour, summer, fall, 
and into winter, even especially last year with both Montana and Montana State getting into the FCS playoffs. And uh, we've had the Montana Basketball Hour here for the last couple of years on 1029 ESPN Missoula. I figured, why not? Let's bring it back. We actually have hoops. I was so skeptical if we were going to be able to get through this season, and now all of a sudden, here we are, and we're in the heart of Big Sky Conference play. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanas, right here in the ESPN Missoula studios. More of the Montana basketball. We're going to go around the Big Sky quickly. If you heard right there in the news, splits for three out of the four Montana teams. The one team that earned a sweep was the Montana State men. And that's got the MSU men atop the conference standings right now. 4-0 in conference, 7-3 overall. Wild to think that was the first two home games they've played against Division I teams this year. In mid-January. Coach Sprinkle didn't even know what to say. He didn't even know that that was a thing. When I asked him about it, he's like, you know what? I hadn't even considered that, but that's nuts. To, and we said that, too, at the beginning of the new year. We didn't know what Montana State was. He didn't know what his team was right. going to be like. And all of a sudden, oh, oh, hey, coach, after two weekends of conference play, I don't know if they're the favorite, but, hey, you're atop of the conference standings right now. And banking those wins is going to be huge because the, the I think two factors. One, obviously, COVID and the way that the testing works and the potential cancellations. But more importantly, the fact that you're playing back-to-backs, I think we're going to see a more of a prevalence of splits Every weekend that we see, uh, and any weekend before, because I think it is, when you play the same opponent twice, you can just double down and make the adjustments. You don't have that necessarily, that carryover, that hangover. And you also get to scout a team, and you don't have that 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 gap in scout. In other words, a lot of times, when you play Portland State, for example, they have a crazy style. The, the second game of the weekend, the Saturday game, if you play Portland State on Thursday, doesn't get nearly the attention. Now you got to just scout it during shoot-around, so you might not have nearly the game plan on Saturday. And then vice versa, too, if you play Portland State on Saturday, how do you adjust to the, what they do? How do you get ready for that on such short notice? Well, and how much of it, too, is these coaches, as you know, when they put the scout together, they watch every minute of every other team's game. Well, they do that for game one, but then to get ready for game two, do they only watch the 40 minutes of what happened and adjust off of that, or do they try and tinker with it even more based on the body of work? So it is fascinating. You're seeing a lot of splits. The Southern Utah, Eastern Washington series, which I know we're going to get into, to me again, on the eye test, those two teams seem pretty darn legit in the big sky. But as far as the, the rest of the league's concerned, this is how crazy it can be. Just take, for example, Sacramento State. They're Right now they're in third in the big sky at 3-1. and one. The Grizzlies are currently in ninth at 2-4. and four. How big is a sweep? If the Grizz somehow sweep on the road this weekend, they've won six in a row over Sac State, they would then be tied in the standings. You're talking third and ninth, then all of a sudden just being equalized in one weekend. So that's how wild it is right now. I guess I pose the question right back to you. Regular season championship, do you look at it the same this year, especially if a team goes 11-1 and one and wins compared to a team that maybe goes 15-5, and five, the team that goes 11-1 and one and get it? I'm not looking at anything. Um I'm not going to say it's illegitimate. I'm just not. It, it comes with a caveat no matter what. The only the only sports I think have, have maintained their integrity are the NBA bubble, because I think it was an extension of the NBA season. They only actually cost themselves a handful of games. They ended up playing what was largely a normal, quote-unquote, season by the time it was all said and done in terms of games played. The playoffs in their duration were as they were status quo. And the NFL. I think even baseball had a, a bit of integrity. Not to take anything away from your Dodgers, but I do think that when you play one-third of the games, I think we still would have seen the Dodgers, at least in the World Series, and likely holding the trophy. But 
the cancellation of games and just the lack of games is, is the thing that I think really impedes and, and impacts the integrity of the season. You mentioned Eastern Washington, Southern Utah. They split over the weekend. Eastern got a 75-63 win on Thursday. And then Southern Utah turned around and scored 99 points on Saturday, 99-94. Southern Utah gets the win. Other big sky scores, Northern Colorado swept Idaho. And uh, Idaho State, Sac State, they split couple low-scoring, ugly games. I watched a little bit of the OT game on ugly. Sunday. Woof. Ugly. 49-49 going into overtime. Today wasn't much better. I mean, it was a free-throw fest at the end, but <laughs> first to 50, first to 60 wins. Ugly was a great way to describe yesterday's game. So the preseason um, Big Sky favorites, Eastern Washington, they sit at only 2-1 and one in league play because they've had so many cancellations, including against Sac State. That's why Sac State has that 2-1 and one mark by their name. Weber State is even... Having an even harder time playing or finding opponents, and because of that, they've been playing just completely random Bethesda, and then they play Yellowstone Christian on Tarleton State. <laughs> Tarleton State, exactly. Uh, they beat, so Weber State beat YCC one hundred and twenty-four to forty-four. Why? Why? Exactly. <laughs> they set a school record for three-pointers made in the game, and they were, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to go too deep into this, but they were touting it as a record on on Twitter, and I was just like, but. Really? Is it a record when you're playing against like a non-scholarship ministry school? This isn't even like playing a Frontier Conference school. No. Why are we counting these as records? It drives me crazy because, again, I'm kind of a stat nerd, and it goes those shouldn't count towards your season stats. Just right. plain and simple, no. And it's it's more than anything else. It's for I think coaches and programs to get those feel-good wins to make sure. Okay, we don't have to look at Washington right now. Washington's one in ten because they don't have those ninety-one games. That is maybe cause for panic. Big Sky Schools make sure they get a couple wins. Riley Corker in with me. Coulter Nuanas on Nuanas now. He's the voice of the Grizz. You can listen to him uh, anywhere on the Grizzly Radio Network. He'll be heading down to Sacramento here and in. Uh, couple days here, so be sure to check out the call there. A lot of times it'll be on Pluto TV, a lot of times on SWX as well. Um, but, Riley, last question on the men's side before we get to a couple women's scores. To me, there's only been a couple um, results that have uh, either fortified or even uh, influenced a change in opinion that I currently had in the league. I still think that the teams that I thought were going to be the, the better teams in the league are exactly those teams. I still, even though Montana's sitting there at two and four, I still got the Grizz in the top five of my power rankings for a variety of reasons. The strength of the program, the coach of the program being the top two. I thought Montana State was going to be better than everybody else thought they were going to be. That's a proximity bias probably because we do have Danny Sprinkle on the show every single week and I just kind of knew what they had coming back and I had seen Xavier Bishop practice too so I knew the quality of player that he, that Montana State was getting. He's an explosive electric guard. But now a lot of people were on Southern Utah. I was. I voted them second in my poll. Eastern Washington, they, they were the league, preseason league favorite. I knew they were going to be right there. I don't have any idea what to think of Weber. I don't know if they're going to be back or not. But there's really no team besides Idaho State that's really surprised me, and I'm still tenuous about Idaho State. Is there anybody here that surprised you or anything that has influenced your opinion differently than what you had before the season even started? Not drastically, but I will say, because I didn't get to watch Xavier Bishop play, I will say Montana State is the biggest surprise to be in that top three echelon. If we're talking power rankings yep. right now, yep. to me, I still think Eastern Washington is a, a step ahead of the field. I mean, yep. you got to take into account, yes, they split against Southern Utah, but they had 26 days off. They're just getting back into routine a little bit. I think those are the top two teams in the league. Right now, I do think Montana State is number three. That's legit. That's a result-based opinion and just watching what they've done. But then I would say that the next level after that, where do you go? I think the top three right now is pretty defined. What, what are results that surprise me? Idaho State going on the road and, and getting a win at Northern Colorado. 
That surprised me sure. a little bit. The Cats sweeping Northern Colorado there, that also surprised me a bit. But when you talk about power rankings, I think that we kind of, it sounds like, agree on the top three. Mm-hmm. But four and five, I probably would put Montana and Weber State still there because yep. of coaching. I, and because of the fact, tell me anyone from the other six that deserves to be over them until I further notice. Well, it really just comes down to the, the upside of the, their individual talent as well. I mean, Michael Stedman should be an all-big sky type guy. I think that if they continue to f- hammer home to him the necessity for consistency, he will. And rebounding. And rebounding. Like Isaiah Brown is a guy at Weber State who I know Montana had had a lot of contact with in, in high school. Uh, he went to Northwestern. He almost came to Montana when he transferred, and then he ended up at Weber State. But he's a talented player. I mean, they just the, the Weber and Montana have guys that are just better than everybody else in the league. It is Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN, Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television, Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz, joining me in studio as he always does on Mondays and Tuesdays. Around the women's league, quickly, Idaho State swept Stack State. So Idaho State 8-0 and in Big Sky Conference play. Probably the surprise of the weekend, Northern Colorado and Idaho split. So Idaho came into this as a pretty heavy favorite because of a pretty stacked roster that includes Natalie Klinker, who's a Montana native from Fairfield, as well as Beyonce Bay, who was the, probably the runner-up for freshman of the year to Darian White, but also an all-Big Sky player as a freshman. And then Gina Markson, who was a first-team all-Big Sky point guard last year. For Idaho, Northern Colorado, I thought looked um, gritty and not very talented when they played the Cats last weekend. But they were able to get out a sweep against Idaho, so that's a good one um, for UNC. Southern Utah's women, they just cannot figure out a way to make a road trip. They just they have COVID issues pretty much every time they need to go on the road. So their games against Eastern Washington were canceled. But the one point, and, and by the way. We do have a great new segment for you on Thursdays around Big Sky Women's Hoops with Krista Redpath. She's done a lot of color commentary and analysis over the last half dozen years. People listening to this show probably best remember her as a great player for the uh, Robin Selvig Lady Grizz in the late 1990s. But Krista's going to stop by every Thursday during the 4 o'clock hour to break down women's the women's league. So we're not going to steal too much of her thunder. But the, the one result that stands out here, Riley, is that Idaho State is now sitting here at... Uh, Nine and zero, or excuse me, eight and zero in conference play, and they're ten and one. This actually standings doesn't have their one of their other wins um, on the docket, and they have wins against Utah State and Kansas State as well. So the Bengals building a pretty, uh, pretty salty resume. You had a feeling going into the year that they were the league favorite. You thought, okay, how close is maybe everyone else to them with mm-hmm. it? Idaho, mm-hmm. NAU, Cats, everywhere in between. But there's a clear gap between them and everybody else right now. And the toughness that they play with, well, what should scare other Big Sky schools is how they're playing so well early. Usually they're a team yeah. that figures it out and gets their style down towards the end of the year where it's miserable to play them in February. It's miserable to play them on a neutral floor in March. And to me, it's a clear gap between one and two. I think Idaho being at number two does not surprise me. But then I would I would pose the question to you. I'm all about, where, where have you done for me lately? Where do you stand right now? Who is next? Who would you put number three on? On the women's side of things because you can make the argument for a couple of different teams. Well, there's been a lot more COVID issues on the women's side than on the men's side in terms of individual players. Like Caitlin Malvar was one of the best players in the league a year ago and I haven't got official confirmation on that, but I believe that she opted out. She has not played. Karika Rashid has been, who was the preseason league MVP, has been struggling with a variety of injuries. It looked to me like she had a serious knee injury against the Lady Grizz on Saturday. you got to hope she's okay because she's one of the best in the whole league. So I think that you look at NAU, who's supposed to be one of the, t- the top-tier teams, they're sitting there at 4-4, four and four, which isn't terrible. They're in fourth place, but... They have been so shorthanded. Eastern Washington, on the other hand, they lost a, a couple of their best players in the offseason, the transfer portal. Um, 
Jessica McDowell and, and Bella Cravens, and they're sitting here at four and two, and but they they played a little bit more of a soft schedule. And then the Lady Grizz and, and uh, Montana State have both played um, pretty solid opponents, including NAU, and they splits with with both of them. So, uh, or I guess the Cats have NAU this week, but um, I I don't know. I, I still have the exact same thought as I have on the men's side. I I, I knew Idaho and Idaho State were going to be good. They're senior laden. They have really good players. I thought Montana and Montana State would contend, and I still think they will. And I think if NAU can get healthy, I think they're right there. I think that my power rankings are about exactly what uh, they would have been coming into this. Thing. And those are your top five. And I, I think that that. Uh an argument or at least an interesting discussion point is a lot of people maybe wouldn't have put the Lady Grizz in that top five, and I think they've proven that they can be there with that big road win. I think more than even more than the men's side too, Colter, you know this, the women's side, it is so dependent on who you play. If games, yep. I mean, no disrespect to these three programs, but Southern Utah, Weber State, and Sacramento State, you can pretty much chalk up two wins if you're yes. playing them yes. game in, game out. So if you miss, say, a series against two out of those three, that's going to exactly. severely impact it, your record. Exactly. Exactly. Montana State and Montana would both be 4-2 and two if they wouldn't have the Southern Utah games canceled. That, and, and then they'd both be in third place, and that way the standings exactly. would be probably more representative. Exactly. I mean, it is. It's, it, the league doesn't have parity like the men's league as much as it has a hierarchy. In my opinion, as a sports person, I think that's healthier. I think parity's trash. I think parity is the way to make it's your— It's a cop-out. I think it's, just, it's, the, it's the way to make your best teams not have as much recognition. If you have a, a, a bell curve and— we're not going to get into it. We don't have enough time. This is a good tease for another well, segment. That's exactly sometime. right. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. We got a young man right here in the city of Missoula who's actually going over the hill to play at Montana State who is lighting it up so far to begin his senior year. We'll tell you who and which Missoula Sentinel Spartan is that man right after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. To more. I love the fresh air, you know. What is now? The greatest music radio show on the radio. Oh, by the way, we talk some sports too. Riley Corker joining me, Coulter Nuanez, right here in the ESPN Missoula studios, live from the Missoula Broadcasting Company. We're marching through our Montana basketball hour. It's our first of 2021, but not our last. We'll have, I don't know, count them up, maybe maybe 10 more of these? I've got an eight-week grind in front of me, so I know we got two more after that. we got eight weeks of Big Sky, and then we got two more after that. We'll have uh, 10 op- weeks. Optimistic uh, thinking here. Let, let's just throw it out in the universe. Well, let's add an extra week because we're going to be doing this on Monday from the NCAA tournament. Yep. It doesn't I'm- matter if a Montana team goes. Hopefully one or two do, but if they don't, we're going to do it anyways. Let's just, let's just do it. And we already know where it's at. Indianapolis. That's going to be pretty epic when you think about it. it. Is. The way that they're going to have that set up. I mean, Hinkle, Assembly Hall. Yep. They're going to play multiple games. Everyone in the same bubble. It's going to be madness. Huh. Get it? <laughs> Man, we just need to play one shining moment. So then Ryan Tutel on his very last day in Missoula, because he is leaving tomorrow, finally get out of town. Is he? I saw him like, you know, had in a tent outside his house. I'm like, what'd you do? Shut off the heat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he uh, he came by on, on Friday wearing all his ski clothes. Um, 
Montana. That broke down some NFL. It was great. It's standard two-tail. Sounds about right. Regardless, the Montana basketball hour marches on. And over the weekend, another banner day for Alex Germer. He's a Sentinel senior, Missoula Sentinel senior. And uh, you said this on the show last time, but man, I mean... He's dropped 37 again. So he's has two 37-point games. That's a ridiculous number for high school basketball. I mean, these are 32-minute contests. There's eight-minute quarters. With There's no, no shot, shot clock. clock. Exactly. To be able to do that is next level. At the double-A level, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. When, when you see maybe a, a man amongst the boys, so sure, to speak, in sure, a Class B, sure, Class C sure, game where sure. someone stands out, to do it in a double-A form when you know everyone's keying in, on, keying in on you, you are number one on the scouting report, and to still do it, it's even more phenomenal. Great credit to him. That is actually interesting, Fold, too, because I, honestly, it, the Class C, Class B, Class C ranks, they see um, higher scores because, like you're saying, sometimes you have great athletes that can dominate. But also, the style is so much more wide open. Double A is just determined on grinding it. The thing that I think is so cool about Montana high school sports is so many people that live in Montana love living in Montana. They're from Montana. They move back to their hometown because they want to contribute to the community. So you have these high school programs at the small school levels that are just fire. They're unbelievable. And they implement youth basketball in the towns. I mean, let's make let's make something clear here. At the college football level, Montana is a football state. At the high school level, it is a basketball state times a billion. Yes. Because there's a little basketball place everywhere in every town of Montana, and that's how you get guys like Robin Silver from Population 200 Outlook, Montana, to become great coaches. So the style, um, and then also, you know, you have some of the programs, some of the great reservation teams that just run and gun, and and so you're going to see way higher scores at that level, too, just because the the, uh, style of play is so much different. One of my greatest experiences growing up, I, I was a ref, MOA, when I was Still in high school. Okay. And one assignment that I got, and I thought, I mean, it was it was a pretty big assignment. Harden, Lodgegrass, freshman and JV games, back to back. Well, when I walked in the arena that day, I didn't realize what I was getting into. It was a sellout. Standing oh, oh, room only oh, for the freshman oh. game. Let's go. The JV game, I was getting chirped out by guys sitting courtside. It was phenomenal experience. Long story short, I mean, to see the pride that you have, not only with reservation programs, but all around this state. It, it, it's what makes it so great, and I, be, I believe it, too. A town, their pride is how good their high school basketball team is. For you sure. see Harlow's in all the way around the board. It's impressive. So, Gerber's lighting it up. That's the whole point Jeez. of this segment. 37 points two different times this year. Settles off to a 4-0 start. They're number one in the state. I had some questions for you about just the complexion of high school hoops in Montana, but we don't have very much time. We got so tomorrow. I'll, I'll just, yeah, I'm going to ask you this tomorrow, but I, this is a tease for tomorrow. Dylan Rollins from Missoula Sentinel is going to BYU. He's the first guy in my, my in my, to my knowledge in the last at least 20, maybe longer than that. That's from Missoula. That's going to an FBS program. We've seen a bunch of guys from Montana. Go to FBS programs. Will Disley, the Will last. Disley, you know Brock Osweiler, Matt Houston from Helena. Like, there's been a lot of guys. The Ryan brothers that went to Notre Dame. There's a whole bunch of guys that have done it. Especially when you go back into the you know 70s and 80s, or, or even the 40s, 50s, 60s with Butte, you know, Pat Donovan, you know Mitch Donahue, all these guys. But it's been a incredibly rare occurrence for Missoulians to go any quote unquote bigger than the University of Montana. I think that's part of the factor is that a lot of guys that could go bigger do stay here. But here nor there. You've seen, though, guys like Jordan Haskett, Raleigh Wooster, Abe Johnson, Riley Bradshaw, Eric Hinkle, Jack McGillis, Ryan Dick, J.R. Camel, Sam Riddle, and I'm sure I forgot some there, but guys that 
all went and played Division One basketball, whether it was for Montana or otherwise. You've seen guys even go at a, to a higher level, like Raleigh Wooster right now, playing in the Mountain West, Utah Starting. State. Starting. And I think it's it's interesting why why is Montana or why is Missoula excuse me specifically uh, produced uh, way more Division One level basketball players than football players. We're going to get into that tomorrow. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming at you hot. It is Martin Luther King Day, so we have some serious stuff to talk about. We're going to play Martin Luther King's famous speech from uh, August twenty eighth, nineteen sixty three, the March on Washington. I have a dream. We're also going to share some thoughts from Trajan Cotton, University of Montana, defensive back and a great social advocate in this community. And, of course, we're going to talk some NFL as well. Riley Corcoran in studio right here on Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.